0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Boca Podcast. I am your host, Nathan Holritz. It is good to have you here today. Happens to be Wednesday, February 16th. If those of you um, that, are, that may be listening or streaming live with us today, appreciate you being here with us. Middle of the week, I hope you're having a great, great week. I'm going to introduce a brand new guest to the Boca Podcast here in just a little bit. We're going to be talking about senior photography and how to really bump up your revenue through a particular style of program with senior photography. So I'll introduce that guest here in just a second. Very briefly, for those of you that are listening or streaming with us today on Facebook or on YouTube at Boca Podcast, both platforms, don't hesitate to chime in, ask questions, comment, send us some funny emojis if you want to be part of the conversation. Let's make it a group discussion. And then for those of you that are listening to the audio version of After the Fact, don't hesitate to come join us sometimes. I know that. During the week, it can be a little bit busy, maybe tough to join a live stream, but um, occasionally set that time aside. And if you follow us at Instagram or on Instagram at Boca podcast, B-O-K-E-H podcast on Instagram, you can keep up to date with the upcoming live streams and come hang out with us. Last quick note before I introduce our guest for the day. Uh, just a reminder and encouragement to look for opportunities to give back. I've got it popped up on screen there. My little receipt from Charity Water today, as I promised you all I would do before every episode, just want to encourage you all to look for opportunities to give back. A little bit of money goes a really long way. All right, enough of the introduction. I want to introduce our brand new guest here to the Boca podcast today. Leslie Kerrigan is with me. Leslie, thank you for uh, working with me through a little bit of tech, tech difficulty, and we made this happen. Yes, thank goodness <laughs> <laughs> we and and uh for those of you listening in, um, what you don't know, and what you don 't see is all of the just like i mean I have a dashboard of all kinds of buttons and and light and camera and i 've got another light off camera over here it may seem seamless. I hope it seems seamless most of the time. There's actually, there are actually a lot of moving parts behind the scenes that go into this kind of stuff. So uh, we we managed to overcome the challenges and make this happen today. And Leslie, I'd love for you just to introduce yourself by way of what is normally our first question here on the podcast about brand position. What is your business's? Let's start with your photography business's brand position there and the market that you're in.
1: Yes, thank you, first of all, for having me. But um, I would say my brand position is really niching down into senior photography and only photographing seniors in my area, which actually wasn't done when I first started. Um, The photographers in my area kind of, you know, shot everything. Um, And seniors, in fact, at the time weren't even getting the type of photos that I do, they were only getting that yearbook. Mm-hmm. So my brand position was to come in and say, hey, guess what? There is another option out there and I wanna show you how I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna specialize only in seniors and I'm gonna give you an amazing experience.
0: I, I, okay, that's really interesting. How long have you been in, in the photography industry now, Leslie?
1: So. T- about 12 years with strictly seniors and a couple of more trying to figure it out. So I would say, you know, you know how we always shoot a little bit of everything, Um, but about 12 years.
0: Okay. Well, the reason I ask is there was this interesting transition that happened in the photography industry. I've been in the industry now about 20 years and I saw it happen. In fact, I actually used to photograph for life touch years and years ago. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so I knew what it was like to be on that side of the photography industry and, you know, using these, they had these massive, setups of cameras, weirdest looking things that you would take to the schools and you would photograph the kids sitting on the bench mm-hmm. and doing their thing. They had a separate studio for senior photography. And the idea of a group of individual sole proprietor photography business owners coming along and tapping into that market was a little bit of an anomaly at that point, mm-hmm. right? It's now mm-hmm. way more normal. Um, and so it's kind of interesting just to have seen the industry transition from The go-to thing is to go to Olin Mills or to go to Mm -hmm. LifeTouch. And now you have all these incredible options. And I'm going to actually pull up your website. Speaking of incredible options, Leslie Kerrigan Photography. (laughs) Unique, uplifting, and fun photos for the senior senior who wants the best experience. Very clear, distinct brand position there above the fold on your website. So props to you for that. And then for those of you listening in, it's Leslie Kerrigan, L-E-S-L-I-E, Kerrigan, K-E-R-R-I-G-A-N, photography.com. Uh, If you're not live streaming with us, you won't have seen that. So I'll spell that out. And then Leslie Kerrigan photo on Instagram. We'll link to both of those in the show notes at bocapodcast.com. And then Leslie, let's use that as kind of a segue then to go ahead and share the brand position for the education side of your business as well, if you will.
1: Yeah. So funny enough, exactly when I decided to specialize in seniors, I was trying to find education on that specific genre and I couldn't find it. So I simultaneously started my senior photography business at the same time that I decided to hopefully educate others because all I could think of is why not share what I figure out, right? Because there wasn't anything like it at the time. Um, So I would say Seniorology's brand position is to honestly just help and encourage others uh, to be successful at senior photography.
0: And yet again, I'll pull up your website here, seniorology for anybody listening in just like it sounds, s e n i it's the s e n i o r o l o g i e.com. There you go. I'm uh, fumbling <laughs> over that, but it says Seniorology is a place where high school senior photographers can connect, learn, be inspired and grow their senior business, grab a cup of coffee and dive in, and it is Seniorology on Instagram. By the way, great job getting a really sh- a relatively short and relatively easy to remember URL and Instagram handle. That's pretty brilliant. Was that, was that well,
1: again, it's the study of senior photography and I wanted to share, you know, what I learned. And so, yeah, it fit. It worked really well. <laughs>
0: and really well done. So I'm, I'm popping this up on screen here uh, as well. For those of you who are live streaming, seniorology.com. Seniorology on Instagram and uh just kind of going back just a little bit. Leslie Kerrigan photo on Instagram dot and and uh, Leslie Kerrigan Photography dot com. I'm talking too fast. i Need to slow down just a little bit. It all is right. a mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to get through all these, all the things. Okay, well let's let me just go ahead and transition then to the next question, mm-hmm. Leslie. And by the way, for anybody listening, in a lot of times I have guests come on the show. In fact, probably the majority of the time actually that I haven't actually had the opportunity to connect with individually before. So Leslie and I, we've just met. I'm getting to know Leslie with everybody listening in and watching. And um, so we'll keep going here. Tell me, Leslie, from your experience as a photography business owner for over a decade now, what would you say is the driving factor behind great customer experience?
1: So for me, it's funny. I actually worked in customer service prior to my life as a photographer, and I just always... Wanted to exceed expectations and try to anticipate the needs of my clients. So those are the two things that I just always keep coming back to, no matter what I'm doing, is to exceed the expectations and um, you know just provide an excellent experience for my seniors, and that allows me to give them great customer service.
0: Now, exceeding the expectations is a really great concept. What it requires, though, is a baseline, is an understanding of mm-hmm. what the expectations are. Right. And mm-hmm. so I'm curious, mm-hmm. I'm sure this is a podcast episode in and of itself, but maybe if you could kind of briefly sum up, how did you go about getting to know the expectations of your clients in order to, then to be able to surpass them?
1: Well, you know, it's a trial and error. You, when I first started, I mean, I didn't know exactly what seniors wanted out of senior portraits. So there was a lot of learning and asking my clients exactly, you know, what is it that you want? But also a lot of trying to be different than. The Life Touch in the yearbook photo. So I did my research trying to really understand what it is they give because Mm. in my area, they still have to go get that yearbook photo. They're not coming to me for that. So I wanted to see what they did and go a complete opposite direction, right? Um, Because my clients have to have both.
0: Yes. But this is beautiful though. I mean, and again, this really, truly could be a podcast episode in and of itself. And honestly, the basics of it, I mean, the the conversation could be a 10 minute conversation because you summed it Mm -hmm. up so brilliantly. Number one, have a conversation with clients, understand what they want from just basic interaction. And then two, be aware of the marketplace and what it is that they're seeing in the marketplace, not so that you can then go copy paste, like a lot of photographers tend to do, but instead to go the opposite direction. So you can stand out in distinction. Brilliant. Yeah, we could literally stop me, the podcast now and like you would have given us all kinds of value already.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't want to take the business away from Life touch. I only want to give them something in addition to that. So yeah, mm. exactly.
0: Brilliant. Okay. Changing directions yet again. Talk to me about time management. Uh, this is something we talk about a lot here on the podcast. And I don't say this enough uh, that the position statement, ultimately kind of the tagline, if you will, for the Boca podcast is helping photographers build sustainable businesses. We can't have a sustainable business if we are working to no end, right? If, if we mm-hmm. don't have clear goals established and as a result able to establish an efficient workflow that enables us to reach those goals, but not get burnt out in the process, time management is such a big component of that. Is there a big idea that drives the way that you're able to effectively manage time in your business and, and personal life too?
1: I don't know if it's a big idea per se, but it's just what helps me. And that is setting specific hours in the day to work. I, And, and honestly, that's driven by the fact that I have kids. And so I dedicate my day while they're at school to working on my business. And mm-hmm. then I basically close down the doors and become mom and cook dinner and, you know, go to baseball and go to my son's. Uh, throws of the javelin. So, you oh, know, wow. all those things. Yeah. So I think setting business hours and sticking to them, otherwise you're going to run yourself ragged, staying up all night and editing and doing all those things. Could I do that? Absolutely. Um, but I would just feel like I was a hamster on a wheel, just constantly doing stuff. So I would say setting, um, very distinct business hours. And then I'm a big to do list girl, I like to write down at the end of the day, exactly what I have to do the next day and check it off. So
0: Well, you know, it's the funny thing about something as simple as setting business Mm -hmm. hours, a lot of photographers might hear that maybe even roll their eyes a little bit and be like, well, of course you set business hours. And then those same photographers are up at 1 a.m. editing as they're, they've got Netflix playing in the background and they're also scrolling through Facebook, right? So the reality exactly. is a lot of what drives a healthy business, a strong business, they are very basic principles that if we actually apply consistently, it's going to be great. But the problem is we don't always apply those principles consistently. And one of those, like you said, especially being a sole proprietor, having your own business, also having family life, wanting to have a personal life wanting to even be able to create a little bit of space for ourselves is that we have to be intentional about setting hours otherwise it's just going to eat us alive so I think that's mm-hmm. super important and it's a, a really great reminder to that end delegation is a really important component of time management a lot of times for photographers because we're trying to juggle so much is this a concept or a principle that you've experimented with in your business whether it was with you know album design or email management or editing or anything else
1: I'll be honest, it's a fairly new concept because I'm a little bit of a control freak. Like probably a lot of us are.
0: (laughs) Yeah, a lot of photographers are. Yeah, for sure.
1: But what I finally realized is there are certain things that we don't have to do. Like I, there are certain things I have to do. Like I have to be the voice on my podcast. I have to be the one you know, teaching a lesson or whatever. I have to be the one actually taking the photo. But there are many, many things that I don't have to be the one doing. Can I do them? Absolutely. But do I need to be the one doing these things that I don't have to be the face of? No. So I think realizing those things can be given to someone else. Uh, releasing a little bit of that control is uh, the best way. I mean, make a list. I That's what I did. I honestly made a list and I said, okay, what do I have to be actually doing? Like, what mm. do I have to be the only one that can do? And what do I not have to be the one to do? And yeah. then that's what you can delegate.
0: So this is an interesting point of conversation. I want to park here for just a second because I think photographers' perception of what they think think that they should be involved in versus what is what they actually need to be involved in is not always the same thing. Mm -hmm. How have you made that distinction for yourself?
1: Well, it's one of those things like um, the the behind-the-scenes things, the, the um, emails. Do I have to be the one that types that out? No, I don't, right? I can teach someone else to do that. Do I have to be the one that edits? Sure, I have my own way to edit things, but can I teach that to someone else? Absolutely. Right. Um, so I think it's a little bit about really – I feel like it's a little more about internally – you know, talking to yourself and being like, "Okay, what can you give up a little bit of control with? What can you teach an intern to do? What Mm. can you hire a VA to do? What can you outsource as far as album design and editing? Um, None of those things have to be me. And once I realized that, I was able to let them go.
0: Yeah. And that's huge. And then and then it's a matter of figuring out who that we want or who we want to delegate that that work too, and I know that can be a challenge in and of itself. That the key is finding somebody who is available consistently, um, who who shows up consistently, right? Mm-hmm. Whether that's an individual or a third party company, um, and somebody who is able and willing to listen to the instructions that we give them, the detailed instructions that we give them, so that we aren't just simply throwing this thing to somebody else, but that we're, we're handing it over and delegating it in such a way that it's still an accurate reflection of our brand. I think that's really important. You, you know, a lot of the argument, actually, as an editing company owner that I hear mm-hmm. uh, when photographers are exploring the idea of using photographers' edit is... Well, if, if I give up that control, then it's not going to look like me or it's not going to reflect my brand. How can it reflect my brand? And our brand happens to focus on matching the, the photographer's editing style. So that's how we answer that question. But mm-hmm. I understand the apprehension there because we, mm-hmm. it, this, this business is our baby. And so whether it's email management or editing or album design, we want it to make sure that it's a reflection of our brand. And, and that's really important that we have those conversations. It is possible though. And I love the fact that you highlight that. So that's really good. I want to keep moving though. Talk to me a little bit about an important book. This could be a business book, a self-help book, something that's made a big impact in your life, one that you would want to recommend to our listeners.
1: Um, so one of my favorite books is um, one by the girl who started Nasty Gal. I don't know if you've heard of that clothing company. Um no. but it's also a Netflix series. Okay. Um and she started from nothing. Um you know, really had no idea of what she wanted to do in her life and just happened to love fashion and started just reselling things she got at a thrift store and then turned that into a, you know, millions of dollars company um, so wow. that I really really um, love and of course I had that name written down and now it's gone out of my head is, um, it, is it
0: this one here nasty galaxy
1: no, uh, no? I, well I, I don't I think that's
0: it the name
1: of the um the name of the clothing company is nastygal.com and the um, like I say she's got a book and she has a Netflix series that tells her story um and to me it's just that's it that's it girl boss thank you okay we got it right here cool sorry yes um but it's just inspiring Yes. Yeah. To me, it just shows that you don't necessarily have to have a very clear direction. I didn't know what I was going to do when I went off to college. I'm not even doing what I went to college for. Um, But you can find your passion and make a business out of it.
0: And that's And that is really true. It, as long as there is a marketplace for it, I think we have to be at, at least cognizant of whether or not the market can support what it is that we are trying to provide. Um, you know, a a passion, it's funny because in in our business, in our photography industry, quite a bit, actually, there's this conversation about passion. We're always talking about Mm -hmm. what we're passionate about and that's great. I mean, I'm passionate about motorcycles, but that doesn't mean (laughs) that I'm just going to go out and start a business, you know, selling motorcycles, for example, there may not be the marketplace for that. And so many different other things, just simply being passionate about something doesn't mean that we should go start a business, um, kind of built around that passion, uh, we do need to be aware of the marketplace and the opportunity that might be there. But I think at the same time, I'm very much like you, Leslie, and that I'm like jump and then build my wings on the way down kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I will add that caveat. And, and I've learned a lot of lessons the hard way because of that. But I think there's also something to, you know what, at some point you don't know everything. Not everything's just going to be so you know perfect, whether it's the financial situation or anything else. Sometimes you just got to go ahead and take that step and and make a run for it and explore that opportunity. If it doesn't work out, then you pivot, you shift and you go do something else. But I think that's, um, well, it's good, good, a good reminder all the way around, take the chances, but also maybe do a little bit of research ahead of time.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. Make sure somebody wants to buy it. Right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. That, that you summed it up way, way more perfectly than I did. Talk to me very quickly about, and we're going to talk about senior photography here and your, your spokesmodel program here in just a second, but I have to ask a little bit of a nerdy question. And that is a favorite piece of gear in your camera bag right now. What is that?
1: So I just bought the Nikon mirrorless Z7. I am used to the DSLR, uh, but I know everybody was like talking about it and hyping it up and you got to go mirrorless and eventually all of them are going mirrorless. So I finally broke down and bought it. So I'd say right now that's currently my, uh, I have to figure out how to use it piece of equipment. So I have to pick it up every time.
0: (laughs) That's okay. So what's the biggest challenge? What, or what has been the biggest challenge going from a DSLR to a mirrorless camera? You're talking about learning how to use it. What, what what would that thing be?
1: Well, it's funny. I I don't know if other people will will feel the same way, but to me it feels a little somehow like I'm cheating using the mirrorless camera. Like it feels a little like I'm pointing and shooting for some reason instead (laughs) of actually being the photographer behind the camera and I can't really put my finger on why Um, but that is my challenge right now is trying to just realize that yeah it's not a point and shoot like I'm still um, you know adjusting the settings and I'm still choosing a lens and I'm still doing all those things it just feels a little too easy
0: (laughs) that's funny so you know, when you, you were talking about that, I, where my mind immediately went to was the association with a phone. When we take a picture with a phone, mm-hmm. there's literally no sound, right? It's just, right. you take the picture, it's there. And very similarly with a, a mirrorless camera, there's no sound. It's the weirdest thing. Somebody was photographing me the other day with one. I was I was at a photographer's workshop and they were photographing. I just kind of stepped in as a pseudo model and they were photographing. And it was the weirdest thing to have this camera pointed at me and ultimately realize that they're taking pictures of me, but I'm hearing literally nothing. There's no kind of feedback about the fact that I'm actually being photographed right now. That was super weird.
1: Yeah, it is. It is really weird. It's just you know something you have to get used to. You know, yeah, you're you're used to that the focus beep on the DSLR and the you know what I mean, like yeah. all that stuff. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's totally different.
0: That's <laughs> funny. Yeah, adjustments. I mean, the the industry is changing and it's going to continue to change. And I I think we I mean it's smart to move along with it and to stay up to date. But um, it's hard not to, especially if we've been in the industry for a few years. It's hard not to notice those distinct differences between the past experience and what it's like now. Um, and talk about the old times, you know? <laughs>
1: yeah, well, it's, it's really hard not to go back to my default of just, I know that DSLR, like the back of my hand. Yes. It's super hard. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, I shot Nikon for my whole wedding photography career, and, and I just absolutely love the the ergos of the Nikon body. And uh-huh. um, I, to this day, still, it's, it's like muscle memory. I can close my eyes and literally uh-huh. feel that in my hand and feel the buttons. And it's, it's funny how that works. I, I want to yeah. ask you a quick question. And we'll, we'll make this um, kind of a group discussion. And I love this, by the way. Dawn Stevens is on Facebook. She says, so how do you come back when you have done none of the things you've talked about here and ultimately burned out? How do you get your creativity and inspiration back? And that's a really loaded question. But maybe you can just kind of take a stab at it, if you will, Leslie.
1: Yeah. You know, I think that for me, anytime I feel burned out, it's really good to number one, take a step away. Okay. Like don't like, take it out of your mind, go away from your camera, from your business for a set amount of time, not too long. Um, and then let yourself feel whatever emotions are going through your head. Don't beat yourself up about it. That's another piece of it. Um, then when you come back, come back and do something for yourself and your photography. So don't immediately grab a client, go do something fun and totally creative on your own so that you can get back to why you picked up a camera in the first place. Um, That would be my advice.
0: Yeah. There is something so calming even about going about creatively photographing again, stepping aside from anything related to business. uh, My go-to would be, I've got this, this twin lens medium format film camera, that. I would set up on a tripod and everything is completely manual. You have to think through the whole thing, meter the scene, looking down through the top, you know, and and it's got this kind of funky mirrorless situation or mirrored situation going on. And but that whole process is almost meditative because you're having to think through the whole process and you're being super intentional about what it is that you're trying to create. And now you've totally shifted the mindset from this Mm -hmm. almost frantic haphazard state that we exist in a lot of times with a, with a DSLR or a mirrorless camera, either one shooting hundreds, thousands of frames like it's nothing and literally taking that one frame at a time and being super intentional about it. It really kind of brings us back around. I think.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, anytime that I can go out and just set up an entire shoot that I dreamed up. um, And like you say, work through each piece of that, you know, where do I want this to happen? And what pose do I want? What outfit do I want? And, you know, just... That, to me, allows me to get out of my head about all the business stuff um, and just really create something beautiful, which is kind of why I started taking photos in the first place and why a lot of you maybe did, too, right?
0: Yep, absolutely. Yeah, and Don says, oh, thank you so much. So I I do appreciate you sharing your thoughts, too, Leslie, and um, that's a good reminder for all of us. Okay, I want to transition then to, Mm -hmm. we're going to talk about senior photography, but more specifically, a senior spokesmodel, system and uh, or a program and I'm going to play a little dumb here and I'm just going to simply ask for my own sake and for everybody listening in or watching what does that actually mean what is a senior spokesmodel program
1: so essentially it is a marketing program that allows you to build a team of your ideal clients which are seniors who spread the word about you and your business and they participate in photo shoots. And for me, activities and some other things, community service. Um, But as a team, we basically spend their senior year together. I give them an amazing experience. They help me market my business.
0: Okay, that makes sense. And I I mean, is this is a program that you implemented from the outset with your business? Or was it something that you kind of learned along the way? Tell us kind of the backstory behind how you implemented this in your business.
1: Okay, so you're going to think this is hilarious, but I was at WPPI. Okay. I was not at all in a class talking about spokesmodels. Um, But if you've been to WPPI, you know, you sit in a class and as soon as the class is over, all the women file out and go to the bathroom. (laughs) That's just the way it goes. (laughs) That's how it works. And so I'm in line and I'm eavesdropping on two other random photographers' conversations and I heard the term spokesmodel. And I was like, gosh, you know, and my wheels started turning. I knew at this point I wanted to get into senior photography. And these two ladies were talking about um, a senior spokesmodel team. I didn't get a whole lot of details because, again, I'm eavesdropping. Uh, But I came home and I'm like, "Okay, I got to I got to figure this out. I got to I've got to put one together, right? With no knowledge, no information, no nothing. Right around the same time that I'm trying to start this exclusive senior photography business where I specialize in seniors. Um, So yeah, I did start it around the same time that I started my senior photography business, but it was based on a word I heard in the line at the bathroom at WPPI.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What are the chances? That's so funny. Uh, So how many years ago was this? Then this was about 12 years ago?
1: Yeah. So okay. um, I had my first team. I uh, started it for the class of 2012. Um, so it was 2011 when I started it.
0: Okay. So you've been doing this for quite some time, and I, I love that um, you can speak from that experience. You know, it, it's easy, especially these days, in, in the world of educational courses and workshops and conferences and everything. It it would be easy for somebody just to start pitching an idea and maybe not necessarily have a ton of experience. You're actually speaking from experience, which is wonderful. So let's kind of take a step back, though, and we're we're building toward this idea of of a senior spokesmodel program. Um, maybe some listening in are just kind of getting started in the senior photography Mm -hmm. world. And I I know that there's this, a lot of times a move from not charging to charging as, Mm -hmm. as photographers. And maybe, I I don't know if this somehow relates directly to the spokesmodel program. You can Mm -hmm. speak on that, but what does it mean, especially for photographers who are just getting started? How do they make that transition as they're getting started in senior photography from not charging, just doing shoots pro bono to beginning to charge?
1: Well, both in photography in general and in my spokesmodel team, when I first started, I didn't charge for either one, right? Like you're trying to get your experience. You're trying to kind of practice on people. So when I first started my photography business, it was completely free. Whoever I could get to model for me, whether that be a family or whatever, I would do it, right? Same thing when it came to spokesmodel teams. I hadn't had the experience of photographing a lot of seniors at the time so I did truly feel like the only way to get people on board with this whole team idea was to do it for free so mm. I did okay. um, and I did manage to get four girls and um, that first year um, and I did not pay make them pay me at all now that is not at all what I necessarily teach others to do now because I learned from that sort of mistake um, but at the same time I can't really call it a mistake because had I not done that first team for free I probably Probably would not be where I am today, so I have to, you know, really, I'm I'm grateful for it either way because I got something out of it, okay. whether it was monetary or not.
0: Okay, so that's interesting. I, you know, when I read this, because you you helped us out ahead of our conversation today and give us gave us some talking points that we could get into. So when you were talking about charging, not charging, I guess I the problem was I framed the question in a way that. I didn't realize that we were actually talking about charging those that become part of the program. So maybe we should mm-hmm. talk a little bit about how that program is, is set up just logistically speaking. Mm-hmm. My, my assumption, I guess, with a senior program, if I'm talking about a, a group of seniors who I've photographed, who are now going to rep my business for me and bring me more business, I guess the last thing I would think is that I'm going to also charge them to be part of that program. So I, I'd love to understand that a little bit more.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, again, when I first started, that's exactly, that was my thought. How am I ever going to get somebody to pay me for something that I need them to do for me. And at the time, I really did need them to market my business because I had no business at the time. I mean, you know what I mean? Like I had no senior clients, so I needed them to work for me. And so at the time, it was an exchange of market my business and I'll give you these photos and these photo shoots, right? Um, And then slowly but surely, I kind of created the demand of people wanting to be a part of the program because it became more than just photos. Um, It came it. now is more of an entire experience where they get to be a part of a team and they get to do community service and they get to do photo shoots and all of this stuff. So now I created the demand and I I have people wanting to be a part of it. I've built it up so much that people really want to be a part of it, which allows me to charge for it. And that covers Hmm. my cost of My time, my the props, Uh, if I decide to rent a studio for one of the shoots we do, like there's actually a whole lot of expenses involved in running a program, too.
0: Yeah. But I guess I'm also thinking practically from the standpoint and I'm also speaking kind of ignorantly here because I've never Mm -hmm. run a senior program before, but I'm thinking practically from the standpoint of a client what is it that they're when they're going to pay you a certain amount of money mm-hmm. to become part of the program and i get the the enjoyment factor the potential enjoyment factor but are they getting something from that are they getting more pictures than what the average senior client would be getting are they getting large prints like is there some tangible value that they also walk away with
1: so they're, as far as my program goes, they're getting more shoots. So they get their actual senior session. Got it. Um, and then they get these bonus shoots as a part of the program. Cool. And then in addition to that, they get to, uh, you know, like I say, we do community service and they can get hours for their national honor society or whatever they're involved in. And we do things as a team. So the intangible thing is they, they yeah. get to belong to um, a group of girls that support each other
0: yeah no and I don't want to minimize the intangible benefits Mm -hmm. um, but I'm also just thinking practically again Mm -hmm. somebody's like you know I have x amount of money to spend on this why would I give Leslie even more money to be part of a program that she's going to use to promote her business but Mm -hmm. you spoke to it they're actually getting more shoots which ultimately means more images to choose from Um, Mm -hmm. and that's definitely a tangible benefit as well okay so back to the question then about how to move from not charging to charging are there a couple of ideas that will enable a photographer to effectively do that
1: Yeah. Personally, I think the whole trick to not charging and then charging is your confidence. I think pricing is all wrapped up in your confidence and your experience, because if you don't truly believe in yourself, it's going to be really hard to charge somebody else, right? And get them to pay you. So I think the first step is to work on your confidence and your experience. And um, for me, it took me a long time to be able to be like, yeah, I charge X amount of money and I'm worth that much money, right? Um, So my first step for anybody going from, whether that be in your photography business or whether that be from a non-charging spokesmodel team to a charging one is to work on your confidence and realize that both your time and what you're producing is worth being paid for.
0: Okay. How do you develop that confidence? I mean, I understand the idea of shooting and developing Mm -hmm. experience, which then translates to confidence. Again, I'm also thinking on the practical side of this. In, in many cases, photographers, they may not have a secondary income to fall mm-hmm. back on. So they have to make money in the same way. It seems like mm-hmm. in my mind, like that would be the driving factor here. It doesn't matter if I'm not confident enough to charge. I've got to charge. i got to make money.
1: <laughs> but that in and of itself provides confidence. Okay. If you know you have to pay for a bill, that is a whole lot easier to say, I have to charge this amount because Mm. I know how much I need to make in order to live. So that's still a confidence factor. Um, And the second piece of that is knowing your numbers. So yeah, you've got to gain that experience so that you feel comfortable charging people for what you're providing them. But then you also have to know your numbers because whether you are your sole provider of income in your ha- family or not you still need to know how much it costs to run your business how much it costs to provide that album to somebody or you know how much it costs you to sit here and spend hours editing you have to know your numbers which also gives you confidence to be able to say i charge $200 or whatever you charge
0: that makes sense okay and i and i like that because i think and you may have seen this too with your experience in the industry i think that the conversation around pricing has been overcomplicated quite a bit at times. Uh-huh. Um, you know, we're, we're such a feelings-oriented culture now, and everybody's so obsessed with not feeling confident enough to charge. Meanwhile, they've got a business they're trying to build. Uh-huh. They don't have a choice but to charge money at some point. And the idea that we get so fixated on how we feel about our photography versus the very practical need to be able uh-huh. to meet the needs of the business and our personal life, it seems like it really, the, the weight should have been on that side of the conversation a lot earlier in our, in our industry's history. Um, so I'm glad that we're bringing that to light here. That's really good. I want to, I want to shift to the next question though. I'm a, I'm a bit of a minimalist, uh, simplicity freak. Part of the problem, I think, is just that I'm not very good at multitasking. Um, mm-hmm. I, I managed to somewhat make it work here on the podcast with all the different things going on, but I'm, that's, that's just not a natural strength for me. And I'm not sure it is for a lot of people, like truly multitasking and doing the multiple things well at a time. So when I think about a senior program and mm-hmm. all the moving parts of it, like I'm overwhelmed enough at the idea of starting and running a photography business. Now I'm adding all these additional moving pieces of a senior program uh spokesmodel program to that mix. And I'm like, oh my goodness, this is just too much. I don't even want to think about it. I know you would argue otherwise and you've had really good success. So I'm curious if there are a couple of ideas that you'd recommend to our listeners to consider in order to kind of simplify that process and minimize the overwhelm.
1: Well, I too am pretty simple. I keep it simple, right? Like I can get way overwhelmed if I try to do too many things or try to, you know, have too many options. So when it comes to a spokesmodel team, the best thing you can do, and again, this is a very simple concept, but sit down and write it out. I cannot stress that enough because I know from experience, when I first started, I didn't have a plan. I didn't write anything out. I just jumped in and went for it and made a lot of mistakes on the way. Had I sat down and said, okay, this is why I want a spokesmodel program. This is the outcome I want to happen and write that down. Once you know that, then you can structure your program in a way that gets you that outcome. Okay. And you want to write that down. So you want to take the why and then you want to figure out the what, which is what are you going to offer these seniors? And what do you want them to do for you in return? Period. Keep it simple.
0: I like that. I it, So it doesn't have to be complicated. I'm sold already. <laughs> I also like, and, and I'm glad that you bring this up too, because this has actually been a theme on the podcast as of late, largely because I, I think that the themes on the podcast are largely driven by what I'm going through in my companies and, and life at the time as well. A little subjective there, but or are biased, but we've been talking quite a bit about the significance of being intentional and that we are writing out the mm-hmm. goals that we have. Uh, I tend to, to like to go really deep and and start like at just base level, which is my personal goals. Here's what I want to... This, this is what I want out of life. Okay, now that I've clearly established what those kind of overarching goals are, now based on that, I'm, I want to create a business that helps me achieve those personal goals. And so now that now that I've written out my personal goals, I can do that with my business. And now... I know that the business model that I'm about to create is going to support those goals. And now I'm going to write out what that business model looks like. And that will determine how I spend my time day to day. And so to your point, taking the time to simply sit Mm -hmm. down and I'm speaking of writing things down, I'm I'm taking notes right here as you're talking too, but literally sitting down and writing out what it is um, that you're trying to achieve Mm -hmm. and then how you're going to go about that. And and you mentioned just the two or three different moving parts. We repeat those one more time with, with that,
1: yeah. So the the why. The okay. Why. So okay. a lot a lot of times, I think people um, start a spokesmodel program kind of like I did where you just heard about it. Like, oh, that sounds cool. I've got to have that, right? Like other people are doing, i got to have it. But without a why, you can't structure it to help your individual business. Because again, what I do in mine, I'm happy to share, but it might not be exactly what you want for your business. That's why we all have different businesses, right? Um, So figure out your why so that then you can do the what. And the pieces of the what of a spokesmodel program are the incentives and Requirements like what are you? What do you want your senior models to do, and what are you going to give them in return?
0: That makes sense. Okay, I, and I just was writing that down frantically as well. That's that's, <laughs> that's really good though. The why and the what, the incentives for the return. So, mm-hmm. is there a? You know, we talked about not copy pasting what other photographers or other businesses are doing. Is there a kind of a standard approach to those so-called incentives in the industry? Or does it really vary from photographer to photographer? Have you tried to be super different with that?
1: I think that it can vary slightly, but no, I don't think it varies you know, greatly because um, teenagers are pretty much all the same, right? What, in, what what incentivizes one teenager pretty much does the rest, right? Okay. Um, so there is a set of, you know, and and again, I will say it's changed over the years. What used to be the incentives of my class of 2012 model team is different than my 2022 team. It's just teenagers are different nowadays than they were then, right? Um, so I think that back then it was more, of a you get a referral and i will give you x meaning a discount on a product or an actual product or cash or something like that that used to be what really motivated them to get me referrals right nowadays that's not so motivating anymore Mm. so you've got to look at more of the um for me now, what motivates my seniors is being a part of that team and doing things as a team and the friendships and the bond they create uh, while doing these things like photo shoots, community service, etc. And that's a little bit more of what's motivating them now. Interesting. than Yeah, it is. It is very interesting. Uh, but it also is really good that... I still have a team and know that like I didn't have a successful team back then. And now I'm teaching about it. I literally have one every single year. So I can figure out that, Oh, you know, the teenagers of 2022 are a whole lot different than the teens of 2012. They just are.
0: Oh, for sure. Well, and actually that's a beautiful segue then to my next question, which is how do you go about learning? What gets a teenager excited these seniors that you're wanting to bring in to this program do you go about having conversations like you talked about earlier? What, what are the kind of the driving factors that you mentioned to me before we got started, you've got kind of three main concepts here. What, what are those three?
1: So for figuring out what teens want, I I ask mine every single year. I sit them down, kind of like a focus group, but it's my senior models. And I ask them, I actually even did it one time for my podcast, where they just answered these questions for me on my podcast so that other people could hear from them, right? That's cool. um, And I just think anytime in business, if you're not willing to try to get that feedback, you're never going to be able to grow and keep moving. So as hard as sometimes a little feedback might be, um, you have to have these conversations. So if you don't have a team yet, see if you can get a bunch of, you know, a few teenagers, I shouldn't say a bunch, but a few teenagers to go grab coffee with you and just ask them, hey, listen, what would be interesting to you? What, what kind of shoots would you want to do? What kinds of things could I give you to make you want to be a part of this team? What would I, I even DM mine all the time or text them and say, listen, um, would another, if a photographer, random photographer, uh, DM you, would you Answer that DM. Like, hmm. what would make you answer it? Yeah. What makes you like a photo on Instagram? Like, you have to. I'm I'm not, nowhere near a teenager, so <laughs> I have to ask. Okay, I'm really old.
0: <laughs> well, but you know, it's it's funny. Again, as simplistic as this idea is, how how it's just practical. It is. I mean, have a conversation. It's funny yep. these assumptions a lot of people make about. I, I found this really interesting actually. The the stereotypes around teenagers. Uh, I I have while I've seen some of those I have kids mine are 20 and 16 and I've seen some of those stereotypes play out but in other ways I'm like what are people talking about like this idea of the, you know this freakishly, freakishly scary stage know, which is right? the teenage world you know this teenage that the when your kids hit this teenage stage it's going to be terrible and you're gonna have so many challenges it's gonna be awful and we've had mm-hmm. a, we've had plenty of challenges mm-hmm. but it wasn't all that it was made out to be. And one of the stereotypes is that you can't talk to a teenager. Their, right. their, their head is in their phone. And they're not going to engage with you. And yet you're you're proving the reality, which is that all you have to do is just ask a question, engage them, make the effort to engage them, and you can get the information you're looking for.
1: Well, and it's so funny how many adult adults like myself and many other photographers out there are scared to, like you said, just talk to a teen. I think sometimes, I mean, I hear a lot about, Oh, I'm scared. They're going to think I'm, you know, not cool or whatever. And I'm like, I don't care. I want to know. <laughs> I don't care.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, first of all, if, if we're worried about being cool to a teenager, I, I think that's a whole right. different conversation, right? That we need True. to maybe have. Okay. True. So, so starting then by, if, if we want to figure out what it is that, that a teenager likes, number one, Ask. It's as simple yes. as that. Okay. Yes. What, what's another way number, to go about finding that information?
1: Number two, try. Like, why? Don't be afraid to just try something. I can't tell you how many times I've tried stuff and it didn't work. So what? I just tried again, right? So find out this information by asking. Then try it out. See how it works. Is it working for you? Is it working for them? Reevaluate it every year. And if it's not quite working the way you want it, don't be afraid to make changes if necessary.
0: Fair enough. Okay. I, I, again, I love how straightforward and simple you are about this stuff. What's number three? Is there a number three? <laughs>
1: um, number three, um, I would just say, um, you know, just have a relationship with them. So don't just ask. I mean, definitely ask. That is the first thing. But really investing in teenagers, you will be able to get so much out of them um, just by having them involved in stuff and coming to those photo shoots. But if you don't invest in them, they're not going to invest in you. So build that relationship. Okay, that's that is honestly what my spokesmodel program is built on is these girls that are on my team. And I say girls because that's all I have. But that doesn't mean you can't have boys. Um, But the girls on my team know that I'm there for them. Um, And and again, I do it in a way that does not take away from my two team boys. That I have. I mean, I have a family. I can't always be there for these 34 girls that I have on my team, wow. but I am there for them and they okay. know that. So I'm not asking them to do work for me as an employee, but I'm investing my time and energy into them and they're investing back into me. So yeah. I think having a relationship is really key.
0: Uh, yeah that's what I wrote down show genuine interest and then invest mm-hmm. I mean mm-hmm. it's and it kind of plays to what we were talking about but that's that's a good reminder okay so I know that that you again having had experience in the industry offering the senior spokesmodel program having implemented it in your business for some time mm-hmm. but then also observing other photographers you may have seen some shall we call them interesting implementations of these programs what are some yes. common mistakes uh, that you're seeing? other photographers in the way that other photographers are implementing this in their photography business and maybe the ways that they can mitigate those mistakes?
1: Well, I can talk about mistakes because I've made them myself. So yes, I've seen a bunch of other, you know what I mean? Like (laughs) I've seen, I've done them too. So don't feel like I'm like calling you out if you've done this because I've done it till. Um, but I would say, uh, big, big mistakes. Number one, thinking that it's all, the model's responsibility or the Mm. spokesmodel's responsibility. That's huge. Um, Because I hear complaints all the time. Well, my models didn't do this and my spokesmodels didn't do that and this, that, and the other. And I say to that, what did you do? Like look at yourself first, okay? They're teenagers. So you have to be the leader. You have to set the expectations. And then you also have to remind them of those expectations, okay? We can't just expect these spokesmodels to be, miracle workers that just hey i'm going to give you these pretty images and now i expect 800 inquiries like it doesn't work like that right? right um so i definitely think that's a huge mistake is just really expecting all the work to be on the model and not on you um i Thought that in the beginning. I truly did. Um, But as soon as I shifted that in my own mind and I put more effort and work into my program, then they did too. So that's a huge mistake. Um, The other mistake I would say is, um, you know, the free thing um and again i made that mistake too i gave everything for free and i didn't necessarily get a whole lot of results um like i expected right like so my expectations were really high and i gave everything for free so they didn't meet those expectations, right? So I would say definitely consider um, some sort of investment from your spokesmodel because therefore they're more invested in the program, right? Whether that be simply paying for their senior session, which is a great way to start charging for your program is have them pay for their senior session but get all these perks for being on your team in addition to that. So I would say highly consider that because then they, they are also invested too, okay? Because they've made this monetary investment as True. well. Yeah. Um, so that's another mistake I see. Um, and then lastly, I would say um, really just um, not, I mean, I go back to this. It's super simple, but not planning it out beforehand and then get, getting called up into them asking you questions you don't know how to answer, or the moms trying to get stuff out of you that you didn't plan ahead for. That's what happened to me in the beginning. Is the moms kind of put me on the spot with, well, gosh, they get a CD of images. This was back in the day when you gave mm-hmm. a CD, right? right. Um, and and I was just like, oh, I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah, oh, yep, yeah, you get a CD of images. So I, you know, had to give them that because okay. I didn't plan. Okay. Um, so in order to get models, models to meet your expectations, do whatever it is you want them to do, plan it out and clearly communicate that to them.
0: That makes sense. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, that's applicable across any type of photography business Mm -hmm. and life for that matter. Like be clear about the most important things first so that you have that to to run everything through. It was like a filter that you run through That's that's really important for maybe just a little bit of a pushback. So for a photographer listening who's like, I get the idea of having a plan in place, but I'm new to the game. Like, what does that mean to plan? Are there certain key ideas that that photographers should be implementing in this program up front um, that will help mitigate running into, into situations like that?
1: Yeah. I mean, you've got to determine what it is um, they are going to get. Like how many shoots are they going to get, right? Like mine get a guaranteed number of shoots. Um, So therefore, if I decide to do more, then I'm exceeding their expectations and that's on me. But I'm very clear in the beginning, this is what you are getting. You are getting Five shoots, which is what that's what mine get five shoots. Um, But whatever that may be for you, you have to determine that. And I do think a lot of times just to play on another mistake is a lot of times photographers when it comes to a spokesmodel program get held up in this whole deciding stage Um, you know the analysis paralysis thing like oh gosh well I don't know how many shoots should I give them or Mm. or what should I require of them to do should should I force them to post on social Um, you know whatever there's a lot of pieces there but that's why I go back to writing it out and planning it out make that decision stick to it and then at the end of the year Reevaluate and say, okay, did five shoots work out? Like, was that a good idea? Did they enjoy that? Ask them, um, did that benefit me? Uh, did my be- my business benefit from what I gave them? Um, but just make that decision up front, set those dates for that shoot up front, um, you know, set the rules like and can somebody get a reschedule of a shoot if they can't show up to one of those shoots? Yeah. All those pieces have to be decided up front. Makes and sense. yeah, you're not going to be able to figure out every piece, but that's where I go back to. You've got to at least try it. And yeah. at least if you have that plan, you've got something to get started.
0: That makes a lot of sense, actually. Okay. Well, I, you didn't ask me to do this, but I, I want to promote that kind of your that your education brand for you because you have a lot to offer here, even this short amount of time. It's super practical, it's easy to follow. You're a great teacher. Um, but oh, we thanks. also, like, we spent, you know, what, 20 minutes, 30 minutes talking yeah. about senior photography. There's so many different moving parts to it, right. um, even as simple as you're making it. So, your website, and I'm going to pop this up here for anybody who's live streaming. For those not, you're listening to the audio, seniorology.com this is a place where I know photographers can go to learn more about some of the education that you offer. Can you kind of sum that up a little bit? Like where would somebody want to go first if they want to learn about what you have to offer?
1: So I would say the first thing is I do have a podcast and I do treat it very much like a workshop. So, um, you know, I don't have a lot of fluff in me. That's just not who I am. So I do get straight to the point and that is a free Free resource where I talk a lot about spokesmodel programs, um, but also just senior photography in general. So I would say the podcast is is one thing. Um, I actually do have a free training that starts tomorrow, all about spokesmodels, which is at the very top of that homepage. Um, so you can join that for free. Um, and then I would say I am constantly answering DMs. So if you have a question, ask me. I do not hold back. I love to help people. So just. Send me a dm at seniorology on instagram of whatever question you might have um, and i'm happy to help
0: you brilliant yes and i was popping that up on screen here so seniorology.com and then seniorology on instagram as well uh, Don says, this has been an awesome conversation. Thanks for chiming in Don and, and all shame on all of you who have been streaming and not saying anything. You need to be part of the conversation, <laughs> ask questions, right. comment. You can send us jokes if you want. I don't really care. Just yeah. be part of the conversation next time. No, I'm, I'm giving everybody a hard time, but y'all don't, don't be shy because, um, you know, part of the benefit of course is doing these live streams and having guests on like Leslie is to be able to actually engage with our guests. So take advantage of that for sure. For those of you listening to audio, Again, same reminder for you for the future. You can find out our upcoming live streams on Instagram at Boca Podcast. Leslie, I really appreciate you making time to share this, kind of your perspective today. And again, I appreciate the fact that you are you do have a very simple style, teaching style. I think it's very practical. I think that's wonderful as well. We'll make sure to put the links to all the resources we discussed in the show notes of bocapodcast.com. But thank you once again. Really appreciate it. Oh,
1: Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it.